Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsi. It's a Monday edition of the show. It's a losing Monday, which we've become accustomed to this season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they lost a crushing game yesterday by the final score of 34 to 23, where the Bucs were up 17 to 3 after the first half and then got outscored 31 to 6 in the second half, which was highlighted by a third quarter where the Bucs turned the ball over four times which I am calling the third quarter from hell. Uh, so we're going to talk into that, get into all the turnovers, that turnover Tom Brady uh, committed in that game, and much, much more. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me is the face that runs the place at PeterReport.com, Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you doing on this Monday? And um, we missed you on the post-game pod yesterday, so would love to get your thoughts, yeah. your overarching thoughts on uh, everything that went on in yesterday's game. Yeah, I was busy trying to to chase down Giovanni Bernard after the game <laughs> in, the, in the locker room. He did not want to talk. Which, uh, listen, I've covered this team for for you know twenty seven years, and uh, I I have seen my fair share of Buccaneer players stand there right by the locker, answer questions, you know, like take the fire. Um, you know, some stars. John Lynch was always great about that. John Lynch, DeMar Dotson. You know, these are longtime starters that just, even if they had a terrible game, would, would stand there, take it like a man. And um, I just thought that was a little cowardly, to be honest. I, I just didn't like Giovanni Bernard trying to duck out of there and and not not talk to the media. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that that's, that's something that, um, you know, that, that uh, bothered me a little bit. And it, it's it's something that, you know, it it, it kind of compounded the problem, right? The problem was you you screwed up, but then don't run away from it. Just, just own up to it, and uh, which he finally did after we kind of coaxed him and kind of cajoled him a little bit, a little bit of peer pressure there. But but uh, you know, it, it was stunning. I'm sitting there watching the game with Bailey Adams and J.C. Allen in the press box, and. <laughs> You know, JC's crowing a little bit about he's like, ah, you're gonna be in last place because I'm the only one who picked the Bucks to win. And I'm just like, it ain't over. You know, um, but I will say this. I've I've never, I've never uh, you know, I, I asked some longtime people that have been around just about as long as I have, if not maybe in the same realm. Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times, Kevin O'Donnell from Fox 13, you know, good good friends and colleagues of ours, Matt. If they if they can recall a game where there has been five straight turnovers. On Incredible. five straight possessions. And, and of course, one was the turnover on downs. That was the botched fake punt. Then you had the four turnovers, the two interceptions, the two fumbles. That just was a cavalcade of errors and gaffes, as Todd Bowles uh, accurately put it, buck on buck crime. And uh, those are my words, not his, but he said bucks versus bucks. But I like buck on buck crime. It just, it, because it, it was criminal what happened. I mean, the, the bucks defense was put in horrific positions. Uh, to to not um, you know be uh, uh, able to defend anything other than the shadow of, of their own goal line a couple of times and um, and it's to see the offense collapse that way and and, and honestly I'm going to admit this I, I even told Bailey and JC up in the press box I hope the Bucks don't score because I'd love for them to be stuck on 17 points again because <laughs> that, that's that's just about what this offense is good for. And, and I even joked with the guys at halftime, and I said, well, they've already met their quota for the week, 17 points. 
I said the Bucks literally the All Bucks right. might have to win this game 17-16 because the Bucks offense is done, even though it looks so good in the first half, Matt. Oh, it looked fantastic in that first half. And it, well, maybe not fantastic, but it looked really good. Um, and that's I think is one of the most frustrating things out of all of this is that if you take what Tampa Bay did as an entire team, with the exception of Ryan Suckup's missed field goal, which is becoming more and more of a problem. The guy just doesn't have a, a big leg at all. Yeah. But anyway, the way the Bucs played in that first half, let's remember, this is a Bengals team. They've now won six in a row, but won five in a row going into that game, including beating the Kansas City Chiefs. They're, they were tied for first place. They have sole possession of it now, and they were right. the defending AFC champions. The Bucs showed that they, when they are on their game, can beat anybody. And I seriously mean anybody. Yeah. I mean the Eagles, the Cowboys, whoever. The Bucs can hang with those teams. To your point about the defense, the Bengals had one drive where they actually had to go all the way down the field right. and score points against the Bucs defense, and that was when they kicked the field goal to make it 17-3. to yeah. Outside of that, they were vacationing in, in the Bucs end, of the, uh, end yeah. of the field. They like, didn't yeah. have to move the ball at all. Right. And, and, uh, I mean, when these turnovers take place at the, what the 16 yard line, the 31, the 39, I mean, you're already in field goal range just about, right. It's, right. You're essentially giving them points, either a three or a seven, depending on, on where they are and how, how successful they are. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's just very frustrating. Right. And, you know, and just, just to get right to it, like, listen, there's no sacred cows here. we, I, I'm not knocking Tom Brady. He's done a lot of great things for this organization, but when the guy didn't play well, we got to talk about it. And, and, you know, we're not throwing Tom under the bus. Okay. Just because we criticize a player's performance does not mean we're throwing, throwing them under the bus, but um, you know, you show me where, where Tom Brady played well yesterday. Okay. He didn't. Right. Um, you know, he had two fumbles. He didn't protect the ball uh, as well on this one right here where there was the sack fumble. That might have been the worst out of all of them, not to cut yes. you off there. But, like, you know, interceptions, bad throws happened. He knew he was getting hit. This was not like a blindside right. sack by any means. He saw it coming. And, I mean, Tom, Tom knows better than anyone else. You have to hold on to the ball right. when you're getting hit in that situation. It completely changed um, a, a lot of different things. And I'm just laughing because – there's been times in the past where we say, hey, like Tom Brady played a pretty good game. And then people are like, are you kidding me? Like, how could you how could you protect Tom Brady like that? And now we're saying Tom Brady hasn't played well. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? It's the coaches. Like, yeah. you can't get on Tom for that. Everything that Tom's done for you. Tom was the, the first guy, you know, when he was like, well, if I suck, I'm going to stop playing football. I'm not saying he's at that point, but yeah. he did not play well in yesterday's game. And anyone that would argue against it, like, show me on tape where he was fantastic. Sure, he made some throws down the field. Mike Evans made some plays. Yeah. But show me all of the turnovers outside of the punt because he wasn't on that. Right. Where uh, this isn't on Tom Brady. The handoff. It was a routine yeah. handoff that happened just squeezed right out of his hands. times a game. And yeah. it just, just went out of his hands. Yeah. That's on him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, I listen – he had two interceptions. One was a bad throw. This one to Joseph, uh, Joseph Asai with the pressure. I liked him coming out of Texas, by the way. I, I thought he would have been a good Bucks pass rusher. He, Brady gets hit. The ball flies up in the air. 
the defender is literally on the ground and the ball happens like a magnet to just go right to him. It was the most crazy interception. The guy literally is on the ground and the ball, the trajectory just happens to land right in his arms. Right. So that's kind of a fluky play. I think, I think every quarterback each year throws a fluky interception or two. This was one. And unfortunately it was, it was the second one for Tom Brady in this game. You know, and and the reason why we bring this up is is not to dog out Tom because I think this team is worse without Tom Brady. Okay, I'm I'm even though Tom has not played well this year, I wrote about it in the SRS Fab Five column on Friday. He is one of many star players not playing well. Right, we can go down the list. Donovan Smith, although Donovan played pretty well on on uh, Sunday, Carlton Davis, although he has he played pretty well on Sunday. Uh, it's been 20 games since his last interception, Matt. 20 yeah. games that he's played in. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Russell Gage, until yesterday, had not played well. Now he's the the fourth. I guess my column worked wonders over there. Everybody right. I said that it hadn't played well this year, <laughs> they contributed to their 6-7 and seven record, decided to play well. Great. Maybe I should have written that earlier in the year. But there's just so many players. Mike Evans is one of those. Mike Evans hadn't scored a touchdown since week four. Week mm-hmm. four. So there's a lot of star players that, that are that are not playing well that are contributing to to this team and and Tom Brady the last two weeks has you know has has turned the ball over he has seven turnovers in the last three games in the first eleven games he only had four right right so it, it, it's it. They say turnovers come in bunches, and I thought that was going to be the case for the Bucks because they got the interception. For the Bucks defense, interception. right? Yeah, yeah, Bucks defense. With uh, by the way, shout out Keanu Neal because Carlton Davis doesn't get that interception. That's right. The, if uh, Keanu Neal doesn't, uh, you know, knock it down in the yeah. first place, and yeah, shout out to Carlton Davis. I mean, while he, he played a great in the game. turnover department, he was fantastic against Jamar Chase for yeah. a majority of that game, and uh, so it sucks that he's not the storyline because. The offense didn't play well, but and I, I see people in the comments saying things like Jameis Winston did this for five years and you never got on his case. And we've got now you're getting on all the time. We literally had a podcast called and it was around this time because it's Christmas season yeah. and Hanukkah season. Yeah, uh, it was called Winston's season of giving the ball dot 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 the ball away right and that was like right. one of his last games yeah. in Tampa. So to say that we didn't criticize Jameis Winston. Is yeah. absolutely false. Trevor Sikama's last article at pewterreport.com was right. dissecting all, all 30 of interceptions, interceptions yeah. of yeah. his 30 for 30 season. So yeah. we got on James's case. We're going to get on Tom Brady's case and have been getting on his case for this game. Yeah. Uh, you put Mike Evans on Poor the Poor Mike there. Evans. Poor Mike. My gosh, this guy had a first half, man, didn't he? Yeah. You and- know, I mean, he had a first half, and then the second half, it's like he didn't even play. I mean, he did. But right, and then they finally catches. went to the damn the, the damn fade pass, which they just stopped yeah. throwing to Mike Evans, which it worked wonders yeah. for him. I don't know, when he scored 13 touchdowns in 2020 and right. 14 in 2021 and had that catch against the, the Cowboys in week one when he scored. They finally went back to it on the meaningless two-point conversion when they, were, when right. they cut it to 34-23. Yep. And there was a safety on that side, so they immediately yeah. took it away. And Brady still uh, tried to throw it, but you know the play was play was done at that yeah. point. Um, so yeah, well, you know, and and uh, but lo and behold, the Buccaneers' season isn't done. They're you know th- th- these these guys are still in first place in the division. They 
the Buccaneers have had a at least a share of the division lead all season long. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy how many lives this this cat has. It's nuts. But here we are. And uh, you know, as 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 Grizz points out, first place in the division. <laughs> Let's go, Bucks. Yeah. Your first yeah. place, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like yeah. that's gotta fire you up a little bit, maybe yeah. uh energize you a little bit who's thumbs upping the pod before it even starts is it going to be any good well Wait, of course yeah <laughs> this is, i mean this is the best podcast this, we're going to hey, do exactly this is the best podcast of yeah. all time we always bring it every single episode yeah. so we appreciate the likes beforehand helps with our algorithm please subscribe to uh peter report tv as well if you like the podcast yeah. and the clips we bring out and of course if you're watching the peter report podcast you know that it is presented by celsius energy drinks the official sponsor of the pewter report podcast they got a variety of flavors from the arctic peach and tropical vibes you can get cucumber lime watermelon berry uh classic orange you can go cola wild berry so a ton of great different flavors <laughs> seven essential vitamins is the key with zero sugar or preservatives it's the healthy version of an energy drink great substitute for coffee if you're a coffee drinker want to mix it up a little bit i know scott has i know america yep. no I keep saying this. It's not America's. It's the world's favorite backup quarterback, Blaine Gabbert, also has substituted uh, coffee for Celsius. So um, gives you that essential energy to get you through your day. There he is. The Celsius, world's most favorite. Celsius drinker right there. Yeah. Yeah. The world's most good, favorite good, backup quarterback. Good looking man. Right yeah. There. And um, if you haven't tried Celsius yet, that's okay. Go to the store locator. You want to find out where you can go get one. Uh, just punch in your address there on the Celsius website. Go to your local bodega, Walmart, Target, convenience store. Um, bodega. Find one near you. And I'm pretty sure you'll like it. I, I I feel very confident about that. Then you can start buying it in bulk. Go over to Amazon. Do the subscribe and save. Have it uh, sent in uh, you know, a bulk pack, a lot more than you typically would get. I recommend getting the variety of pack because variety is the spice of life. And you get more flavors. Who doesn't want more flavors of Celsius? Just make sure you're drinking Celsius, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Hashtag Celsius Lift Fit. Hashtag Celsius Energy. And uh, we should remind everyone that in about four minutes from now, it is a Monday. We do it rain or shine, win or lose. Don't matter. We will have roll call. Where you at, Peter people? We want to know where you are watching from. We have awesome fans all over the globe, whether you're in Florida, the United States, international, uh, we have fans all over watching. So in a couple of minutes, um, we will ask you guys to put in the chat, in the comments, where you're watching from, and we will put it up on the screen because we love our pewter people and we want you guys to uh, be as involved in the show as we possibly can make it. So uh, stay tuned for that. In just a couple of minutes. Yeah. We, we have some good questions. I want to get to a super chat in just a second, but uh, just want to put this up here from King Cook. Why don't we ever hear Jason Light's job is in jeopardy in this platform? It's always Bulls and Byron. Well, I mean, Jason Light did build a Super Bowl winning team. I mean, last time I checked, last year's record was 13 and four. They're having a disappointing year this year, I understand, but the last two years are pretty damn good. There's a lot of. What, what was there like nine Pro Bowl players last year? There's not <laughs> yeah, going to be that many like this that. year because the Bucks have underperformed. But again, um, a lot of their star players, for whatever reason, and they deserved the the contracts when they got them. Matt, it wasn't like I think if if you're going to take issue with any free agent signing, 
re-signing that, that took place. I'm going to say Leonard Fournette, right? Paying $7 million for running back. Yeah. That was probably a little obscene, but I mean, I, I, Carlton Davis deserved the money, right? He's was, yeah. he's performed well enough. Vita Vea, you know, Pro Bowl player. Chris uh, Godwin. Chris Godwin, you know. Uh, now the, the the free agents, Russell Gage. Now, if he finishes strong and is healthy, I'm going to go back to the Three first touchdowns his last two games. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm I'm going to go back to the to the first seven ten days of training camp. Matt, you you and I were there watching yep. Russell Gage. When the dude was quick, he he was getting open. Nobody could cover him. I mean, he looked really good. And then the hamstring injury hit, and he has not been the same since. I, I'm curious to see how this guy's going to do down the stretch. It might be a sign of things to come for next year. It might be an aberration. You know, at the same time, I'm not getting overly excited. He's averaging about eight yards per catch, so it's nothing to write home about. But at least he's being somewhat productive. He's gone through a massive stretch without being productive. Product, uh, productive. But – I'm giving Jason Light some uh, some leeway here because this this talent when he inherited it in 2014 was kind of bottom of the barrel. I mean, you had Levante David, you had Doug Martin, you had Gerald McCoy, and that was pretty mm. much it. Mark Dotson maybe, and so I, I think he's done a really good job of stockpiling the talent. He gets credit for getting Bruce out of retirement to help win a Super Bowl. Um, it's going to take a, a couple losing seasons, I think, for the the bloom to come off Jason Light's uh, rose. But he's he's not immune to it, right? So I, I, I you know, he's right. And he he, he I, gets some criticism. There's no doubt. Sure. But I still like the Buccaneers' chances next year of winning the division. I don't see any, any other team doing much, uh, you know, in, in and, terms of making noise next year. And I don't think it's fair to Jason either. Like if you're going to get credit for the teams that were great in 2020 and 2021, those are some awesome times. So as soon as the going gets a little tough, you're just going to get rid of them for like one bad season. Now, if you want to argue, they had a lot of losing teams before that. And they did. I'm not going to argue against that. But what I would say is many people talked about the fact that that team, that team had a roster that was built to win they just didn't figure out the quarterback position when they had Jameis. But Jameis went to New Orleans. They didn't resign him, right. obviously. They got Tom Brady, so they found that quarterback, and look what they did in those two seasons. So now yeah. this is the first time they've hit turbulence with their right. quarterback-ready, roster-ready team. I don't think you should just jump ship with him now because the going is getting a little bit tough. You know, that's that's yeah. not fair. That's not necessarily uh, how it works. we got a super chat from Leo. We also got roll call yeah. coming up, but um, I can answer Leo's question. And then I'll talk a yep, little bit more about Tom Brady, Scott, if uh, you want okay. to put up the, uh, the sure. comments where everyone Absolutely. is watching from. So thank you, Leo, for the 499 super chat. Leo says Brady playing like this all but guarantees he's staying because no other team <laughs> wants Brady at 46. It's all part of the plan. Yeah. <laughs> with a, uh, with the new offensive coordinator, he will pick Bill O'Brien. He'd shine. That leads to just an interesting scenario overall. And uh, we actually put on our Pewter Report Twitter today a poll of if Tom Brady plays next season, would you want him back? Yeah. And the last I checked, both the winner was yes. After Did we lose Matt there or did we lose me? 
I think we lost Matt. So I think Matt's coming back. Okay. So um, so on, on that particular poll question that we, we talked about, there's Matt. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> um, last week it was me and now it's you. Uh, on, on the poll question we put up, and I'm just curious to see, where, and we'll, we'll get to to, uh, uh, to roll call in just a second here. I know we're running a couple minutes late. But when I put the poll question up, I just was curious to see from a reactionary standpoint we're almost at 2,400 votes on our Twitter poll. If Tom Brady wanted to come back for one more year in the NFL, would you want him to return to the Bucks in 2023? 57% say yes. About 43% say no. That is pretty similar to our same type of poll on our YouTube page. Only 300 people are voting on that so far, but 59% said yes, 41% say no. So, Matt, um, just setting this up for you here to go on a, a bit of a rant. The thing is, is the only other option right now, the only other quarterback on the roster is Kyle Trask. And I don't know if there is any other good option in free agency or in the draft. And so if, if your option is Tom Brady or the unknown, you've got 40% of, of Buck, Bucks fans saying, I'll take the unknown over 46-year-old Tom Brady. That kind of stuns me a little bit. That's stunning. I mean, I was listening to radio today where some Bucks fans were saying they would rather not make the postseason and see what they have in the future with Kyle Trask, which I think is absolutely That's nuts. asinine. That is <laughs> mind-boggling and crazy if you want to see that. With yeah. all due respect to Kyle Trask, Kyle yeah. Trask isn't even a active on game days. Right. And now you didn't even get a Blaine Gabbert in the preseason. Right? And this so. is the guy now that you want to start some games. Yeah. Listen, it has not been Tom Brady's best. It hasn't been right. his best year. We all know that. But even as bad as the Bucs are at six and eight, what would their record be if Tom Brady wasn't the quarterback I know. right now? Probably be a lot worse. And yeah. if you want to get on Brady's case for the San Francisco game where he sure. missed some wide open throws, do it. The turnovers that he had against. Um, the Bengals yesterday, I totally 100% understand what you're saying. But does Brady not get any credit for orchestrating the comeback against the Rams the last second moments? Does he not get any any recognition for engineering the final two drives when they came back and beat the Saints on Monday Night Football? This team would be in a much, much, much worse spot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If Tom Brady was not their quarterback, I don't care if it's Kyle Trask. I don't care if it's Jimmy G. I don't care if it's Derek Carr. It yeah. doesn't matter. Tom Brady has helped this team as bad as the season has been. He's helped this team at least be in a position to still win the division. They'd be in a much worse spot if I Brady agree. wasn't their quarterback. We're five minutes late, but we're still doing it, people. It's not a victory Monday, but you know what happens on Mondays. It's roll call. Roll call. Where are you at, Peter, people? All right, so Matt's going to continue his rant about Tom Brady and anything Buccaneers. They look good in the Peter uh, uniforms yesterday. They did. No, I like the, the the Peter look. That's good. Peter report, Peter power, Peter people. We like you all. So let's go to roll call. Matt's going to be uh, pontificating about the Buccaneers, and I'm going to be putting up where y'all are from. So let's let's get to this here. We, yes, please. All uh, right, there we go. Getting, continue, getting... Matt. Yeah, please start. We got Sweden. We're that. coming out yeah. with Sweden right off the yes. bat here. I like it. <laughs> um, so 
part of my rant, I kind of just went into the fact that this team would be in a much, much worse spot with uh, without Tom Brady than they already are in. Now, to Leo's Super Chat question before about bringing in a new offensive coordinator, I, I think the Bucs have, do have to get a, a new offensive coordinator. But I'm curious if right. they would go with someone that is a Tom Brady guy or mm-hmm. if they would and- just get the newest... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and Bill, Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator at Alabama, right? So he's not employed by an NFL team. They could they could go out and get him, and and he's been a head coach himself before, right, with the right. Houston Texans, been with the New England Patriots, obviously. So there's the background there with Tom Brady. I'm very curious, though, because remember, there was the talks of Tom Brady wanted to go to Miami, but that was with Sean Payton. That wasn't with um, their, their current head coach, Mike McDaniel. I am just more curious than anything else if Brady had an offensive coach that was, for lack of a better term, more of the new era, the new age of offensive coaches and offensive coordinators, whether it's their head coaches now, but McDaniel, who I just mentioned, Shanahan over in San Francisco, how Tom Brady would look in those type of offenses. Because we've said like the Shanahan offense is a, it's a, it's quarterback proof now. Right. Um, one thing that Shanahan likes to do that probably wouldn't work great with Tom Brady is the naked bootlegs, which they use a lot, right. which is really funny because today we we spoke to Todd Bowles and he's asked a question about does Tom Brady's mobility affect or change what they're trying to do on the offensive side of the ball? Because we all know Tom's not going to be escaping too many sacks. You know, if right. the guy's in his face, you're kind of done. And Tom and uh, Todd Bowles had a, a very funny line about well he wasn't running a 4-4 when he first came here when we first got him so um but i do think brady obviously wants a little bit more structure than he's gotten in the past you know he doesn't want to be the guy that's going to come in and save the day every single time he can do it late in games but he doesn't want to be that peyton manning he just wants to be the tom brady that can lead this team but lead it his way not by trying to elevate everyone's game. And we say that's a good trait of a quarterback. That's what a good quarterback has to do. But at some point, a good or great quarterback can only do so much. And I feel like we're kind of getting to that point with Tom Brady uh, as the starting quarterback. He's helped this team so much over the last two years. He has to play better, but this team has to help him out too. It starts with the coaching and we'll see what the wide receivers can pick it up. Because not to go on a side tangent here, but Russell Gage, you were talking about before, and I hope he's on the mend. Obviously, three touchdowns in the last two games is a good thing. I still worry a little bit about having the, you know, being the spark plug and the, the splash yeah. plays because you watch the game and yeah, he made some nice plays. The touchdowns had a had a good first down in the game, but. <laughs> You see after, you know, he tied for the team lead in receptions in that game. Yeah. And yet he had the lowest amount of uh, yards per reception among the Bucs receivers that made more than one catch. You know, Mike Evans had 16.6. Chris Godwin had over 10. Leonard Fournette got one more than Russell Gage. But we know Fournette's the, you know, you're going to throw it to him essentially out of the backfield and a couple yards down the field. So I worry about that with Russell Gage still not seeing the the total yards per reception that we want to see just yet, but he's taking a step in the right direction. I don't think we can deny that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And and I, I'm of the opinion that, that 
listen, you're, you're, I'm not sure if Russell Gage is here next year. I, I think this organization is, is wondering if, if they made a mistake, Russell Gage has really got to step up like quickly over these next couple of games and be really productive and stay healthy because this might be a $10 million mistake, right? Yeah. Per year. And, and uh, that's not worth, that's not worth keeping if, if you feel like you've made a mistake and you're spending that much money. So uh, 20 bucks from Teddy. We appreciate Thank the you, super Teddy. chat. Uh, Bowles likely to get gets to build his staff next year. But in y'all's honest opinion, do you believe he can turn this thing around beyond play calling? I mean, team culture, leadership, discipline, because it's looking worse every week. I don't know. I, I do not know. Um, what I do know is I, I like Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator. I think that he can call a pretty good defense. And I think this this assemblage of talent when they're healthy, I think fits what he wants to do really, really well. I like this, this defense better with a lead, which is how it's really operated more often than not Matt over the last two seasons in 2020 and 2021. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying score 30 points per game. I mean, that'd be great. That'd be nice. That's the objective, right? But I'm just saying 24 points per game, 22 points per game. Yeah. It's it's a different animal. And I think this defense is, is going to be playing better, getting more sacks, more pressure, more interceptions and all of that, rather than having to defend the run for four quarters because a team either has the lead or, you know, the Buccaneers can't get a lead themselves. I, I, I'm just, I like Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, the head coach there. There's been some, some gaps, some mistakes on game day for sure. No doubt about it. I don't think that the fake punt was was one of those, though, because that is the time when you want to call a fake punt, when people are not expecting it, where yeah. where, where teams, and I've seen the Buccaneers do this too, they they will snuff out a fake punt close to the 50, right? If it's, oh, we're, we're going to punt from our, from our, you know, 38, 39-yard line or a 44-yard line on fourth and one, that's when you're looking for the fake, and that's where it can get snuffed out. But the teams that have had some success with the fake punts, it's where you're not expecting it. You're almost expecting, let's set up the return, right? Because we're going to get a good field position. They're going to kick it out to maybe the 50. So you've got guys more concerned about setting up the return than rushing the the punter or, in this case, the the up back. But it, it, what, what I'm saying, too, it's also helpful when all 11 players, especially the up back, the have, have the, the go-ahead, right, to – to run the fake punt because I don't know how that happens. I really don't. I don't know how the guy that's supposed to be getting the ball and they practiced it during the week because they saw something on film where they could exploit that with the Bengals about guys bailing early and they'd have a soft underbelly to run to. They needed one yard. They were going to get it. It was blocked perfectly. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of, a, you know, here's the thing. Bulls, if you remember to start the game, Matt, when they were down there close to, what was it, the, three, four-yard line, whatever, uh, it was fourth and and whatever, fourth and goal, they opted to kick the field goal, right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, Bull starts finding some biscuits, right? He started getting a little bit more no risk at no biscuit. He found some biscuits that Bruce had left over on the sidelines. He's going forward on fourth downs and all this. Then he goes for the fake punt, and you know it, it ended up backfiring. It's it's a good call if Giovanni Bernard can catch the frigging ball and, and you know step forward. It, it, it's a first down. And all of a sudden – Maybe you don't have some calamity. Maybe all of a sudden that energizes the Bucks' offense. They go down and score a touchdown. 
And, you know, in, in the third quarter that was uh, uh, god awful doesn't happen the way it happened. Yeah, I'm going to answer Teddy's question because there's still things that really concern me about Todd Bowles. Yeah. And then there was a couple of things that I like that you alluded to um, a, a little bit. But first, I want to talk about Pie Republic, our favorite beer. Scott, you and you were saying we, we agree on a couple of things. And one of the things we definitely agree on is that we love Pirate Republic. They are based out of Nassau, Bahamas and invading Florida just in time for football and the holiday season. And beer brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating it in the spirit of the original pirate code. And that's a sense of belonging. And Matt, have, these, these cans are already gift wrapped for the holidays. You got red, yes, you got, got, got red and green. green, you've got gold. I mean, they're <laughs> just slap a bow on it, man. It's a perfect stock. Exactly. Right there. It's the perfect gift for a uh, friend or family member. You see the can in red right there. That's the long John Pilsner. It's my personal favorite. It's uh, perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. Then you have uh, the other Christmas color in the green right. can, the Take No Quarter IPA. It's the best IPA that you'll drink, 7.2% alcohol. So uh hits the spot right away <laughs> and pretty quickly. Yeah, 7.2% uh, didn't, didn't get around. Yeah, doesn't mess around. <laughs> it uh, gets the holiday party started, man. Uh, yeah, what happens. exactly, exactly. And you might not even be like an IPA fan, but uh, this is the exception to the rule. So I check that out. And last but certainly not least, in the gold can, the Golden Haze Piracy Belgian Wit Beer. It's great to drop an orange slice in there. Um, and enjoy that pirate life. So Pirate Public is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and More, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area. And they're expanding across the state of Florida. I get my Pirate Public over at ABC Liquors. So live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic Beer, the official beer of pewterreport.com. So to go back to Teddy's question, mm -hmm. There are still some things that obviously concern me about Todd Bowles. One, I'm not sure if this is the coaching or just <clears throat> how things are going in the locker room, but the body language just doesn't look yeah. good on this team. You know, and obviously, if you make a big play, everyone's going to be excited. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind, it ended up not counting, but when Tevin right. White and Anthony Nelson took down Joe Burrow on that fourth down sack and they're both riding the horse and everything, right. that broad excitement but as soon as things just don't go the right way you got players yelling at the refs you got guys hanging their head down you know yeah. the offense they can't get out of their own way they just look defeated i think it's a little bit of both it's a little bit of a coaching thing it's a little bit of just locker room mentality which is scary to say about a team that just won the super bowl two years yeah. ago and still has that core nucleus now a couple of things that i like he started going for it on fourth down. Yeah. We knocked Bulls for I know. being a coward and not going for it on fourth down. And they finally, no risk it, no biscuit. They got yeah. the biscuit a couple times and 11 yeah. touchdowns going for it on fourth down. That was awesome to see. But right. then, like Byron with the play calling in the second half, Todd Bowles also reverted back to some things that we hated. For example, when it was still a 10-point game, mm -hmm. they got stopped. On third down, they were a yard short, and I completely understand that they were at their own. They were in their own territory. They yeah. were at their own twenty around that nine and change to go in the game, 
and they decided to punt it. And I get it. You're backed up in your own territory. Yeah. And it worked in the Saints game where you punted it late in the game when you probably shouldn't have, and they still ended up winning. But the Saints are way different than the Bengals. The Saints are much more inept than the Bengals. So yeah. I was just thinking, like, man, it's one yard. And how many times have we heard Todd Bowles say, we just got to find a way to get a yard? We just right. got to get a yard. <laughs> no. You ask him, do you trust your, your offense? I do. I do trust my yeah. offense. Well, then trust your offense to get one damn yard when you know you need two scores. And if the Bengals get the ball again, you might not be getting it back or you might not be getting it back until much later in the game. So it's like, why are you going for it when you're up on fourth down and you're getting it and you see the success? You were two for two in those situations. Yeah. Without I, the block punt, without I can the, see both sides of it punt. because if, if they if they don't get it right, then it's like, you know, it's it's like, well, then, then you're handing them the ball in your own, you know, part of the field. Which they had already done. Which the they already done day. plenty. So I, I. You, we we can nitpick that, and I'm I'm fine doing that. But that that's kind of a tough uh, tough one right there. Uh, just got to clarify this because th- this is going to be a big time topic over the next couple of weeks. I just know Scotty's a terrible head coach. Let's not waste years. Fire everyone and bring in Sean Payton. Sean Payton is not going to be the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is not going to happen. There is no way in hell the Saints are going to trade Sean Payton because the Saints still own Sean Payton's rights. They're not going to trade him within the division. So will it be another head coach? If Bowles gets fired, yeah, but it's not going to be Sean Payton. So I would love to see Sean Payton here, but that's not happening. It's one thing to trade for John Gruden from the AFC Raiders to the NFC Buccaneers, but the Saints, that would be suicide. Do you know how how crucified that organization would be in the media and in the fan base to to have Sean Payton coach there, what, 15 years? Won a Super Bowl there? Uh, to go to a division rival, it's, it's not happening. Yeah, Bill Parcells went Giants, Patriots, Jets. They stayed in the division. Or Jets, Patriots. Eh, what does it matter? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that would never happen with, with Sean Payton. It would be wild. Uh, running on first down. Thank you for the 499 Super Chat. Disagree with your name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you think pad play calling, fourth down, and roster management, got a key over Leverett, uh, ruined – off ruined offense mental mentality maybe uh brady looks like he's pressing Hmm. yeah and you know just just to kind of throw more uh coal on uh todd bowles uh since he's on the naughty list um yeah i think part of of the problem with bowles has been just waiting too late right to make the gadecki change to to nick leverett uh, to make the change from jalen darden to to Devin Tompkins, who, you know, Tompkins didn't have a great game as a return specialist, but at least give the kids some an A for effort and he's got some balls. So I like that. Um, yeah. You, but, you know what? I, but it's just, it's, it's the, where was this earlier in the season? It's kind of sense of urgency to like, Hey, this isn't working. Let's not continue to stick with it. Let's make some changes. I would have fired Byron Lefwich too, back when I called for it after the Carolina game. But at the same time, you know, who would I replace him with on this roster? I don't know. I don't know that there's a great play caller on this roster. So I think I think what Todd Bowles has ultimately done by not firing Byron is say, damn it, we're going to win with this defense and Tom Brady this year, and we're going to sneak into the playoffs by winning the NFC South 
And then I finally get to pick my offensive coaches next year because I inherited the staff. This is not my coaching staff. This is Bruce Arians coaching staff. And that's what happens when, you know, when he gets handed the job on March 30th, you know, all the coaches he wants are on other people's staffs. That's just how it is. So, and for that reason, I think Byron gets, or not Byron, uh, Todd gets another year. Byron's not going to get another year. I think Todd's going to get another year as long as they win the South. If they don't, if they, if, if they go over here, right. And pull a John Gruden where, you lose the last four games. You were nine and three. You had the NFC South division title just about wrapped up. Monty Kiffin decides to go to Tennessee to coach with his son, Lane Kiffin. The defense couldn't stop anybody the last four games of the season as a result of being shell-shocked by that decision. And, and then all of a sudden, Gruden's nine and seven. They missed the playoffs. Now, if Todd Bowles, you know, loses this, this season-long lead – the NFC South division that nobody wants to win, then yeah, I think there is a, a chance there, there uh, could be a, a coaching change. What we'll to say? That, that's the one thing I I've said. And I, and I agree if they lose out, especially when they play the Cardinals, <clears throat> the Falcons and the Panthers, if they lose out, I could see Todd Bowles uh, losing his job because I mean, that's almost inexcusable at that point. It would be what five, five losses in a row. Yeah, five losses in a row. Yeah, plus and what six out of their last seven. Yeah, and the, and the quarterbacks that you would have lost to down the stretch are Brock Purdy, obviously Joe Burrow. Okay, but Brock Purdy, Joe Burrow, Trace, Trace McSorley, McSorley uh, Desmond Ritter, and Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's not a stellar crew right there by any means. Uh, King Cook. See, it's Bulls' fault for not switching out Gedeke. Yeah, I mean, he's the head coach. He just, he determines who's going to play. That's that's his job. Jason Light and the personnel department, they draft the players. They sign the free agents. The coaching staff uses those players, develops those players. Yeah, Why not draft I, a player we can actually use? Uh, is that not a, lot, a light problem? Yeah, but here's the thing. Um, they they rushed Gedeke into the lineup, and I – and when I say they, the Buccaneers organization, right? He came with, with the second round draft credential and they gave him a shot. He was an ascending player in training camp. They thought that he could play and get some real-time experience and develop. That, that doesn't always happen. I mean, see Rondé Barber as, as the prime example, third round pick who looked like an absolute bust his rookie year. Rondé Barber did not really become Rondé Barber until 1999, two years after. He was drafted by the Buccaneers. He was so bad, they drafted Brian Kelly in the second round right. out of USC to, to replace him because they thought they had a bust on their hands in Rondé. So just because a player didn't, doesn't like show up in year one and play doesn't mean they're a bust. Warren Sapp had three sacks mm-hmm. his rookie season, which last time I checked, I think, what does Logan Hall have, two or three? Yeah, he's, he's got at least two. Okay, so I'm, I'm just saying, it's like, you can't judge an entire player's career by their rookie season because who knows what can happen. And Warren Sapp is a prime example of that. I mean, he ends up being the QB killer, and but had three sacks his, his rookie season. Everyone knows the saying, the, the, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. And I feel like Todd Bowles, with the decision-making, whether it's, you know, Darden replacing Darden with Tompkins or Leverett in for Gedeke, which that obviously only happened because Gedeke got hurt. 
it's like you shouldn't have to wait to that point to make right. the change. Like you should see the pile continuing to pile up and, oh, this is going to break. You should see, have the foresight beforehand to make that change before it gets even worse. But we haven't yeah. seen that, which I think is um, is really just the, 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 the frustrating part. Uh, yeah. Obviously, this team has been frustrated – over a lot of things, some of the uh, the losses that they've had this year, including uh, to the the Packers, mm-hmm. which uh, you can watch the Packers tonight as they play That's against right. the Rams, a team that the Bucks beat. And you might not be interested. These two teams, they're not great. They're probably both not making the playoffs. Rams already uh, eliminated from contention. Packers pretty close. But you can make the game way more exciting if you get involved with underdog fantasy and their pick them and or their rival games. It's the easiest way to get some action on the NFL. You pick an over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick em slip, get every pick right, take home some cold, hard cash. Use the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, Get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a damn good deal. So once again, use the promo code Pewter at Underdog Fantasy. P-E-W-T-E-R is Pewter. And you get your first deposit doubled up to 100 Yeah, I don't think I'd be too excited about the Rams-Packers game, but I'm going to do some Underdog Fantasy, and yeah. um, we'll without question, enhance my viewing interest. Yeah. <laughs> Turn over Tom to disrespect. Hey, I mean, that's what he's been these last couple of, of games, right? I mean, it's it's only fair to uh, assess some blame. And, and uh, you know, if he doesn't have those turnovers yesterday in the third quarter, it's probably a, a different story. The quarterback does get too much credit when things go well and too much blame when they go bad. We all know that. But Two interceptions by Tom Brady. One of those, his arm got hit as he threw. It was a little fluky. The other one was just a bad pass. Tom admitted that. And then two turnovers uh, via uh, fumbles. Uh, one on the handoff to okay. Leonard Fournette, and and one was in, in, you know was was as a result of a sack. But in his first eleven games, again, Tom Brady only had four turnovers. That's the expectation. That's the the standard that he set. And then over the last three games, he's had seven. And as we've talked about before, Matt. This this offense, there's there's very little margin of error right yes. on this team. I mean, they, they just about have to play perfect football to to beat a really good opponent. They can play less than perfect and beat teams like the Saints and the Rams and the Falcons, but but yeah, it's just it's it's gonna happen. Scott, how about this? Okay, he, he's turnover Tom this week. He had the four turnovers in yeah. the game. If Tom Brady throws for four touchdowns on Christmas, yeah. our next episode following that game. Right. He will be touchdown, Tom. Touchdown, Tom. Exactly. It's it's already written. So yeah. There's and, and, and listen, listen. Who doesn't like to see Tom Brady a little riled up? Are we trying to rile up Tom? Sure. Why not? Right. Let's yeah. poke the bear a little bit. Let's let's get Tom pissed off at Peter Report so he can go have a good game because it, that's kind of been the trend. Work for Devin White. <laughs> yeah. Work for Devin White. Work for Carlton Davis and and Donovan Scott Smith. Jordan, and, Scott Jordan White had a, a new contract. That's a nice right. Contract it did. With the Jets. So yeah. Uh, exactly. So, and of course, you know, there, listen, we, we appreciate the disagreement. That's fine. If you think we're disrespecting Tom, we take no issue with that. That's fine. So yeah, agree to disagree. 
Yep. Um, well, I don't have a, a cool, catchy segue, but what I, I do want to do is I do want to tell people about Immunity Financial. Can I do that now, Matt? Can I do that? Yeah, go for it. All let's, right, let's uh, do that. Let's hear from our friends over at Immunity Financial. At Immunity Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Matt, walking out of the stadium, it felt like I was in Colorado last night. It was freezing. It was like mm. 55 degrees. It was awesome. I felt good, but it was also cold for Florida. So, yes, 55 degrees is freezing in Florida. It's supposed to be like 45 on Christmas, which is actually pretty cool. So instead of sweating and having all the humidity and whatnot for, for Christmas and having it look like a like we're in Florida, we, we get to act like we're up north for a weekend. So that's kind of fun. Anyways, managing your family's wealth means more to Immunity Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning. It means brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, and college savings accounts for the kids. It also means insurance services. Now, just because Immunity Financial has got 40 years of experience helping clients, not just here in the Tampa Bay area and in Florida, but around the country, that means that anybody listening or watching this podcast can call Immuni Financial. That's what I want you to do. Even if you have a financial advisor or a, broker, a brokerage specialist working with you, it's always great to have a second opinion when it comes to your finances. You do it for your health, right? Why not do it for your finances as well? So I'm asking you to do what I did. Call Immuni Financial at 1-800-868-6864 or visit them on the web at immuni.com. Check it out today, folks. Uh, let's get to a couple other comments here uh, before we wrap up shop. Jeremy, very, uh, very nice of uh, of him to say this about you, Scott. He says, "SR, I'm you're not the, the goat. goat. No, I'm not <laughs> the goat. That, that would be Tom Brady, not me. But I appreciate that. Thanks for the props. Um, it, it, maybe he's saying goat because I'm I'm old. I'm old like an old Billy Goat, like." <laughs> Uh, or if orange. you're if you're old like me, you know who Goat Boy is, right? From the old SNL skit, Jim Brewer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like Jim Brewer. He wasn't on <laughs> SNL for too, yeah, he wasn't on SNL yeah. for too long, but uh, good character. Yeah. Obviously, half baked. A lot of people remember him from that. Yes, half baked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Horam Choi says, "Give Brady hell for his hellish performance." Yeah, he hasn't played well in the last two weeks. So, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're going to criticize Leaders Productions. Brady going out sad, man. Part of me yesterday was like, man, <laughs> should have just retired after that Rams game in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Because, like, even though they lost, it's like, man, Tom Brady brought him back to tie the game up. And the defense yeah. let him down, you know? No one's like, yeah. oh, man, Brady lost? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's just it's just not not a good year for the Buccaneers. And, and again, it's it's kind of – and I've, I've had some people in the organization kind of agree with me on this. It's like – so many star players are just underperforming, right? Even Mike Evans, yeah. right? His has not been in sync with Brady's dropped some passes, dropped a touchdown, hasn't scored since week four. Uh, Chris Godwin just paid him $20 million. Obviously he still recovering from that, that ACL injury, but he's not, you know, he's, he's not back to his pre torn ACL right. form. Right. And that's, that's kind of to be expected, but he is getting paid $20 million this year too. 
And if we did see a call it 2019 or 2020 Chris Godwin, they probably would be playing better on offense, probably averaging more than 17 points per game. It's good to see Chris playing better now, right, Matt, than he did Mm -hmm. the beginning of the season. But again, it's Julio Jones is not who they thought he was going to be. Russell Gage, same way, right? So it's just a lot of players. Shaq Barrett, even before his his, uh, Achilles injury, Matt, was not lighting the world on fire as a pass No, he was not. Yeah, that hasn't yeah. been the case. Gabe G, Tom will have 300 yards and three touchdowns against Arizona. Arizona is worse than Tampa. That is true, but the Bucs have also lost to Pittsburgh and Carolina, and they were not as good as Tampa either. So, yeah. Uh, Cali Bucks, Drew Brees went out sad. It happens. Father Time is undefeated. Father Time That's is undefeated. Yeah. I don't know if uh, Brady might be on the ropes a little bit right now, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to say he's done. And uh, Brent O'Neill, Tom Brady is Jerry Rice with the Seahawks. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is this. there. (laughs) Yeah, I I know that Tom Brady's doing his own thing, and I'm not knocking Tom, right? I mean, uh, who am I to say? Uh, But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not doing TB12. uh, But one thing that I am doing that's really helped me out is age rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Yeah, don't wait like I did. I was dumb. I I just resigned myself to. I'm in my mid forties and it's all downhill from here, you know. And uh, that's kind of how I felt. I was dragging, you know. I, I love Celsius. Don't get me wrong, but I, I literally was having to chug to chug two per day just to like stay awake and power through the. Through the afternoons, and then I'd fall asleep on the couch like a loser at nine o'clock watching TV, and I just had no energy. And, it, and my workouts sucked; everything was bad. Turns out I have low testosterone, which is normal for most guys in their forties, fifties, sixties, and seventies. It's nature; it happens. And I found out that by going to age rejuvenation, they've got testosterone therapy, which I'm on, and I feel way better. I feel like I'm ten years younger. I don't feel like I'm fifty; feel like I'm forty, and I can work out and you know, have, have fun in the gym without, you know, um, petering out after 10, 15 minutes and, and saying, I'm tired. I'm going to go home. It, it's great. I, and I, I really love the type of care I get at age rejuvenation. They go through all the labs. Um, they, they, they tell you exactly what all of the different blood panels mean. It's just a great resource to have. Uh, you're not going to get this type of care from your primary doctor. But at age rejuvenation, you will get your testosterone checked, fellas. It will help you with with your energy, help you with weight loss. I've lost, uh, I think, probably five pounds now, uh, not just on the scale, but actually five pounds of, of fat, which is awesome. And so give yourself the gift of health this holiday season. Go to agerejuvenation.com. Five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Agerejuvenation.com. Check it out, folks, and uh, we're about to wrap things up here. Do you want to remind everyone that we will have the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show presented by Age Rejuvenation. It's typically live at either the walk-ons in Midtown or Wesley Chapel, but this game is on Christmas, so we're going to spend yep. a little time 
with our families before the game and uh, do this from the comfort of our home. So the tailgate show will start at 630 and then I will be live with the Peter game day show at 820 when the game kicks off, when the Bucks are on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. So 630 for the tailgate show, 820 for the Peter game day show. And of course, um, if you haven't watched before or if you're a longtime fan, uh, would appreciate if you guys could follow us on our social media at Peter Report and our YouTube channel at Peter Report TV. Whether you like this podcast, the various clips we put out, um, we're always trying to churn out new content that we think that you guys uh, will enjoy or at least be interested in on a uh, number of topics that we've discussed all season long and will continue to no matter how long the Bucks season goes because we obviously have the draft season going to the senior bowl again this year. Very excited about that. Um, so we got coverage all year long. Yep. It's not just in season. Um, and we do draft coverage better than anyone else. I'm not saying that we're focused on the draft just yet because the bucks could still make the playoffs, but that was a long way of saying, please uh, follow us on our social media, subscribe to Peter report TV, do us a favor and hit that like button and subscribe. We would really appreciate that. So, uh, until then, well, we got oh, one more oh. comment from Joshua Porter. Scott got I'll, all I'll these shots into at this players. One. Scott got all these shots at players and coaches, but turtle up during a presser. Um, I I, I think I don't really know what you're talking about. I, I think what he's saying is 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 I don't ask any questions during the press conferences. That's not true. I mean, we put so many videos up about yeah, you know, with Byron Leftwich about uh. With why, Todd Bowles after the, the Browns game? Play? I mean, Todd yeah, was giving me the Todd evil Bowles, lot after that. Yeah, Todd and, Bowles with the Browns game. Yeah, exactly. Why didn't you call a timeout? So, Joshua, you're in these comments a lot in these chats, and I appreciate the comments, but, I mean, you're completely off here. Like, not even remotely close. Not even not even in the ballpark or the stadium or in the state of Florida. I mean, that is <laughs> – that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's That is, like, the most false thing that's ever been said on the show. Well, so, yeah, and I'm, and I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but I'm I'm coming to my defense a little bit. I, I think I've asked some very pointed questions this year. I'm certainly not afraid to ask those questions. Uh, I did not attend the presser today at an appointment I had to go to. Um, but at the same time, you know, I asked Todd a question last night. I think Todd got asked a lot of questions about uh, the, the the fake punt that, w- I, that was botched. That was kind of the, the thing that was on my mind than everyone else's. Uh, so, yeah, I just – I, I I have no fear. I don't care if anybody likes me at one buck in your place. Yeah, it's not you about like, it's Devin about respect. White. Yeah. You did the same thing with Devin White too. Like, you know, you called him out here and then you were one of the first people in front of him asking him questions when, uh, when he retweeted us and then blocked us and everything like that. So yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah. It's, it's not our job to be liked. It's, it's our job to be respected. And I think that, that we have a lot of people that, that do respect us at the organization. That's really all I care about is you don't have to like us, but just respect us and the hard work that we do. Not just myself, Matt, Bailey, Josh, JC, Casey. Um, you know, I, that, that, that's, all, that's all we're about is just respect the work that we do. You don't have to like us. You have to like the questions we ask. I don't think I'm going to be getting a Christmas card from Byron Leftwich this year. That's okay. Not a, not a problem. That's all right. We can uh, yeah. we can live with it. This is a good one. This is a good one to to end on right here. And we'll be back on Wednesday at four o'clock with our Bucks Cardinals preview as the the Bucks take on the Fighting McSorleys out there in Arizona on uh, Sunday. <laughs> Fighting McSorleys. Yeah, Shaggy says, "Hey Santa, we've been good. Give us a Bucks win for Christmas. That would be great." 
for everybody. So uh, for Scott, I'm Matt saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We will see you on Wednesday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Fire bar and left, which.